The warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching! In this podcast, we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is... Victoria Bono. I am a year four teacher in a large junior school on the South Coast, and I am the host of the podcast Tiny Voice Talks. And I'm Helen. I'm a teacher currently in a mixed reception year one class, um, teaching in Buckinghamshire. And today we are exploring learning outcomes in history with a stupendously silly folktale from Russia. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for The Fish in the Forest. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you'll also get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by the magnificent Mario Coelho, as well as the full audiobook for you to download at any time. There are even some tips there for telling the story yourself and a whole heap of resources to go with the lesson ideas we're about to discuss, as well as extra lesson ideas that we maybe didn't have time to fit into this podcast. Right now, though, let's conclude our discussion with Helen and Toria here, and we're finishing up with the history of the humanities. Uh, not, not the history of the humanities. The the humanity called history is where I meant <laughs> with that. Um, Helen, save me here. What's the history for ages four to seven? Um, hopefully, I've come up with two quite engaging history activities slash projects hmm. um the first one is to do with shopping now and shopping then mm. because, um, it doesn't really specify when you know when this story is is set it's just a you know it's a folk tale that's some yes, time yeah. ago <laughs> but in the story there's a market and in order to buy different items you go to different shops you go to the fishmonger mm. the baker and the butcher which you know my grandparents used to talk about they you know that's how they shopped before supermarkets they go to the fishmonger they go to yeah. the baker and a butcher and we still have you know to a certain extent some of these mm. shops still exist but it would be i think a good opportunity to talk to children about supermarkets which is how most people do their shopping mm. not everyone and then look at how how it used to be you can get some sort of black and white photos of streets in in England, which is where I happen to be, with these old these old yeah. shop fronts on, and what shopping used to be like. And then in the early years, of course, we're going to set up a little shop role play, you know, a little market stall, little market stalls or little shops, and they're going to create the items they're going to sell using. I tend to just say to my children, "What can we use to make this?" And they'll go and find junk modelling, they'll find <laughs> paper, they'll find scissors, they'll find glue, and they'll create something. Sometimes it very closely represents what it's meant to, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, <laughs> but for an activity like this, and with with young children, I'd say it's more about their investment in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you help them to create their their strings of sausages and their their fish to sell. And you could link it with an art project as well if you wanted to get them to create some high quality art rather than just random things. Mm. But then they can experience in inverted commas, shopping in the olden days. You know, they, they take their basket and they visit the different shops yeah. that they had set up themselves and just how different how different it was. I mean, it's sort of historical, but it, it is also maybe 
a, a geographical question as well, because yes. I mean, like, like you said, we do still have markets yes. mm. today with, with yeah. some of these stalls, um, and they tend to be in the more rural areas here in the United Kingdom. Yeah. Um, there are some places in the world where th- that is still very much the norm to go to yeah. a market, isn't it? Mm. So, And I like also the fact that this is an opportunity to explain to um, young learners why supermarkets are called supermarkets. Because mm. I can remember yes. um, when I was a kid, I had no idea why they were called supermarkets for a True. long time. Yeah. It was just, well, why don't we just call it a market? Because that's basically what it is. But mm. no, then you realize this is one organization, basically, which is collecting all of the various different things that um, you would find at a market. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, good, good opportunity to bring some, some of that disciplinary literacy in yes. again there you go. <laughs> i like that that could then become yes a history and a geography mm. topic just looking at markets and shopping and how it varies mm. and then my other little history activity is to do uh, i've entitled it who buried the treasure <laughs> <laughs> always coming um, back to the treasure we like the treasure to, i think i think i've managed to get the treasure into most most of my subject areas this story round um <laughs> And one aspect of history in Key Stage 1, and I think into Key Stage 2 as well, is finding out about mm. history. So how how do we find out about yeah. the past hmm. using you know, accounts, photographs, paintings, all of this? Um, so I thought it would be an, a good way to set up a historical investigation for the children. So you take your treasure box, whatever treasure box you happen to have, and then this is a very adaptable activity because you could choose your historical period or your historical events that you want it to be about Mm. so you fill the treasure box with with artifacts essentially um artifacts that you've created artifacts that you printed off you know diary expert excerpts that you printed off Mm. um and the children have to research who buried this treasure what made me think of it was um, recently i've been teaching a project on uh, the great fire of london um the idea you know samuel peeps he buried his things that were mm-hmm. treasured to him yeah yeah <laughs> so i thought you could bury a whole host of artifacts um linked to a any historical time period that you wanted really mm. and the children have to they just use those historical skills uh with your support of course to find out what they can from the treasure that's been buried so that's very open-ended because you can you can make it what you will. <laughs> well, that's yeah. a great one. And I think, you know, time capsules are such an exciting thing to explore yes. with children, you know, because mm. there are so many. And online as well, you can look at so many different time capsules that have been buried mm. and such like. And I know some schools actually opened up their time capsules that they buried many, many years ago. I'm pretty sure I put something in a time capsule when I was... I think it was the, the Queen's Silver Jubilee, which really ages me. It's quite frightening, actually. <laughs> but it, but it's really interesting. I think, you know, there are so many times when we've had those time capsules and that tells you so much about that period of time. Mm. So I think that's really powerful and could be done right the way up for, you know, into Key Stage 2. Yeah. As can, actually, the history that you were talking about with the history of markets and the history of how we buy and sell food. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I like um, combining the time capsule idea with um, a, one of these things that we're often asked to do in literacy, which is you know to write a letter to our future self, um, or mm. even write a letter to our past self. Because if you wanted to have the year, I don't know, let, let's take your year group, Victoria, the the year fours, the eight and nine year olds, and um, they they could write a letter to the eight and nine year olds 
in 10 years time, you know, mm. to, to give them some encouragement for either surviving their particular year. So yeah, it could be a fantastic way of just crossing that boundary actually through time and um, receiving letters from, I suppose, yeah, you'd, you'd call it, you'd actually be receiving letters from your future self if it is the year group from the past. Yes. Mm. I don't know. I've, I've confused mm. myself with, with, um, timelines now I think (laughs) (laughs) the other thing that's just popped into mind actually linking on from what I was saying in English about a story telling topic is looking at the history of storytelling because I know when Mm. you talked on my podcast Chip you basically gave me the history of storytelling that I was unaware of um, and and how Mm. that really came about and how that you know, fundamentally kept humans going, humankind going. And I think that'd be a really interesting one to unpick and look at with Upper Key Stage 2, the fact that storytelling has been going on for generation after generation and has actually been so much a part of history. Yeah. Yeah, and you never know if you do that, you might discover some extra hidden gems like like the true story that Cinderella is based on. Ooh. Did, did you know that? No. Cinderella is based on a true story? No. No. There we go. Well, that, that's a secret for another time. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to have to leave this one on a cliffhanger for you, folks, because that's all we've got time for. And indeed, that is all we've got time for with this story. If you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast, or if there's a subject you are soon to teach that you'd like us to cover, you can find us on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favorite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable and enjoyable all at the same time. Now, we'll be taking a short break next week while I share stories as part of my regular slot at Glastonbury Festival. But to make it up to you, I'll return with some bonus content for you recorded out there on Worthy Farm. Then we'll be back on Tuesday the 28th of June to go on a quest for learning outcomes alongside a nervous knight and a devious dragon. Right now, though, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! Cheerio. And And we we hope hope to hear hear your story story soon. soon!